Season one of Watch With You is made possible by the support of Barry from Podcast in Color. Thank you, Barry. Hi, everyone. Lady D here for another episode of Watch With You Pod, and I have Lady H. Hello. And we have one of our favorites back again, Queen Mel Mindy. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And we are here to talk if Bill Street could talk and some other things. But we're going to start with if Bill Street could talk. Bill Street Could Talk is a 2018 American romantic drama film written and directed by Barry Jenkins and based on James Baldwin's 1974 novel of the same name. It stars an ensemble cast that includes Kiki Lane, Stephen James, Coleman Domingo, Tiana Paris, Michael Beach, Dave Franco, Diego Luna, Pedro Pascal, Ed Skirin, Brian Tyree Henry, and Regina King. The film follows a young woman who, with her family support, seeks to clear the name of her wrongly charged lover and prove his innocence. If Bill Street Could Talk won massive awards um, at the 76th Golden Globe Awards, the film was nominated for three awards, Best Motion Picture Drama, Best Supporting Actress for King, and Best Screenplay with King winning for Best Supporting Actress. At the 91st Academy Awards, the film was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Supporting Actress for Regina King, with her winning as well. At the 24th Critics' Choice Awards, the film was received five nominations as well. So let's get started. Guests are always first. Queen Melmindy, what do you have to say about if Bill Street could talk? Um, I liked it. It was it was good. The music was great. The cinematography was beautiful. The story was really interesting. Um, I think from the trailers, I went in thinking it was going to be more of romantic as the main story, and with you know basically the main character's boyfriend getting arrested, it took a turn I wasn't expecting, which is good. But um, I don't know why they didn't show that in the trailer because maybe that would be a spoiler, but uh, it wasn't the movie going in I thought it was. So I take it that means you never read James Baldwin's book? I did not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so spoiler in that case is not exactly a spoiler, like you couldn't find the story someplace else, but if you hadn't read it, the trailer didn't didn't lead, tell you what was going to happen. That is true. Lady H? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have a question for you, Lady D. Does that mean that you did read the book? I did not either. I was just asking. (laughs) I I just wanted to know because I didn't either. I've read, I have read James Baldwin, mainly articles. What I appreciated is not only Queen Melmendi, did they not show Fani get arrested in the uh, trailer? I don't recall them having a scene where he got arrested or processed in the movie. So it was when we opened the movie, 
and, and we're spoiling it, obviously. Um, Tish is the narrator and everything as it unfolds, it unfolds through her eyes. So maybe we didn't see that because she didn't see it. So what we see is um, her seeing him, Fonny, Tish seeing Fonny in jail. And we see her life and we experience not her realizing that she was pregnant, but her telling her family that she was pregnant and then later telling him. I mean, we go through a lot of things. I won't go too, too far in advance, but I will say that like you, the trailer made me not want to see the movie. I saw the movie for the first time last week. And the only reason why I watched the movie is because I was looking for Black American movies that were romantic and period pieces. And this is one of five that I could find. So I figured we have to talk about it and we have to talk about it um, this for this season's podcast. And it just so happened to be playing on AMC and Bounce. So the version that I saw was edited so then I'd have to ask Lady D, did they show Fonny getting arrested? Not, and they didn't edit it out for for uh, content and time? No, she's shaking her head no for the audience. No, they did not. Um, I did watch yeah. it on. And I didn't rent it. I actually found an AMC Plus subscription free trial and watched it that way. Uh, and I think I saw it on Hulu. So they showed... Did they show him getting arrested? I know they showed, um, which, well, yeah, they showed um, when they were harassed by the cops. Did they show him getting arrested? Which was the cop that are, that is the same cop that said that he did it. Right. So I don't know if they showed him getting arrested for the crime, but they did show him being harassed the first time that he encountered that cop. They, they might have showed him getting arrested. I watched it a while ago, so I don't exactly remember. I watched. But I don't it know today. why they would edit that out. I watched it today. I didn't see that, but then again, I did okay. fall asleep a couple times. <laughs> Ooh, well, I think we got to talk about why you fell asleep a couple times. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. That's all. But it, so, mm-hmm. it's also not a super exciting. No, movie. it's not. It's, it's kind of slow. Um. It's kind of slow. I want to say the most exciting part of the whole movie is when they got harassed at the grocery store and Regina King the mo- as the mom going to Puerto Rico. That was a very good part. Yeah, like that was one of the best parts. So I get why she was nominated for things. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie was just kind of there. It wasn't bad. And it actually leads to another topic I want to bring up. Movies you would re- rewatch. Like I wouldn't rewatch this. It's like, okay, I saw it once and I saw it and that was good enough. Yeah, it's just it's just not super exciting. You know, maybe people would study it for the music or the cinematography or your research in James Baldwin in the book or something. But just it's just not a rewatchable, exciting thing. Like, oh my gosh, I saw that. You have to watch it right now. Okay. That's hmm. I didn't really think of it in terms of rewatchability in that way, um, especially because you have the books. If I wanted to revisit this uh, story, would I go to the 
movie first? Probably not. But that was because I've done that already. And I would want to see how the books differ. I'm thinking thinking about your question and I'm thinking about why or when I would want to revisit it. And I got to think about me in particular. So I have a hearing impairment. I have to watch TV with closed captioning. I go to movies, sure, but I recognize and I know that I'm only hearing part of the movie. And I can, I'm not proficient at reading lips. I'm okay. But I'm, it's just like, mm, I need to watch some stories again so that I can get the full story. So let's talk about what do you, what makes a movie rewatchable for you so I can figure out how better to answer your question. At the time, I think, I thought the photograph and Beale Street Could Talk kind of came out around the same time. And they, from the trailers, they kind of had the same the same vibe for me, like you know, a black romantic drama, where I would go back and watch the photograph. I wouldn't go back and watch this, or talking like classic movies, like even dramas, like you know, we watch uh, The Color Purple over and over again, and that's a drama, but it you want to repeat the the you know the commentary and the the script and. It's it's something different about movies that make you want to rewatch it versus something you kind of just watch once and you know it's good. Um, yeah. Hmm. I I think like Color Purple is a pretty good example. That's in our culture as zeitgeist, and for me, it's The Wiz. Like that's the movie that it doesn't matter yes. how often I have seen it the fact that I own it, let me catch it on on TV and see if I'm not sitting there watching it. And it's not one of yes. those, because I am so familiar with it, I can jump in at any time and be fine with it. And Exactly that. You, no matter where you are, and it's on cable, it's on TV, you, you will stop on it and watch. It's kind of like that. I wouldn't stop on this Bill, if Bill Street could talk again. You know what? Okay. I don't think that I would either. However, I can see the times that I would see it over again because um, Lady is in another state. And if we were going to talk about it for this podcast and we were together, I would have watched it with her without complaint or for academic purposes in comparison. I would watch it again without complaint. But would I watch it for enjoyment, uh, like pure enjoyment because it gives me joy and it doesn't, because this movie, I think it, it made me think about it um, not in, a, in its pleasure. It didn't hit a lot of pleasure points for me. It hit a lot of intellectual points for me where I want to analyze it. But I get joy out of watching The Color Purple. I get joy out of watching The Wiz. I would get joy out of watching Dreamgirls. I don't know if it's the music that has a lot to do with it. And the fact that it's so interactive, that maybe that's a part of it for me. I don't know. I just think it's a good question. I'm really thinking about it. 
Yeah. But the music mm. or even just an overall feeling. It's not like it made me cry or it made me feel like, oh my gosh, like an immense amount of love or feeling from the movie. It was just kind of, okay, I get it. They're in love. Okay. He was wrongfully convicted. All right. Well, his, her family really worked hard to try and get him out of jail and his, <laughs> her, his family, especially the women in his family, not so much, maybe. Yeah. Those, those, those that mother and them sisters. Oh, that's who I wanted. See, that's Ugh. honestly, that's what I want to talk about in a movie when I talked about it hitting intellectual points. It's the women in the movie. But before we go there, Lady D, I'm struggling with Queen Mel Mendy's question because it's so good and it invites thinking. How is the rewatchability for you? It has to make me feel something. Anger, sadness, excitement love. I shouldn't say if I cry because all movies aren't cry worthy, but I've got to feel something. This movie didn't make me feel anything. Not really. I wasn't, I wasn't like so like appalled that um, Font got arrested. Like I wasn't, I mean, I am, but I wasn't, it wasn't like pulling at my heartstrings or anything. So I think a movie has to make me feel something or engage me in some type of discussion in my head. I just don't think it did all of that for me. I mean, yes, you know, it does talk about wrong, engage the part of being wrongly accused and black people sitting in prison forever for a trial that didn't take, doesn't take place. Like, but that's like an everyday thing. And this movie just, I didn't feel anything. So I wouldn't rewatch it again. So I'm like, mm -mm. it's on the bottom of the list. The second half of your question, Queen Mendy, is what would we rewatch, right? Yes. Like, well, I don't know if y'all know other movies you would, let's say there are other movies you wouldn't rewatch and then the ones you would. I can give my list first. Okay. Okay. So movies I wouldn't rewatch are Beale Street Would Talk, um, The Lovebirds. And I mentioned The Lovebirds because I would rewatch the photograph with Issa Rae. Like, The Lovebirds was good. It just wasn't... It was just a comedy. Okay, I watched it. Um, <laughs> a Fall from Grace, which I watched it because everybody else was talking about it at the time. But it it was it was all right. Um, and this... Okay, so I think before when we talked about the photograph, I mentioned some of the Nollywood movies I've been watching. So this lady called Lice was the one about the single mom and it kind of had a romantic tinge to it. That was good, but not necessarily something I would rewatch. So the ones I would rewatch are the photograph, the family that prays. So since I talked about a fall from grace, I did a Tyler Perry one. I would rewatch. That's definitely one I have watched multiple times and it'll be on cable and I stop one. And then Nollywood, um, how to ruin Christmas, the series, so there are two movies. Those are hilarious. And then some classic movies that are rewatchable are The Color Purple, uh, Kingdom Come, and Brown Sugar. Okay. I don't know if I have too many that I wouldn't rewatch. I have plenty I'd rewatch. Um, like you said, The Photograph. 
Um, I would rewatch Acrimony, even though people don't like it. I would rewatch. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Best Man, the whole oh yeah series. Um, what else? Yeah, I wouldn't rewatch if Beale Street could talk though. Just did nothing for me. I'm, I'm with you. I like um, How to Ruin Christmas. It's a movie. I'd rewatch the Merry Little Christmas series. I like them. They're cute. Oh, yes. That, I love those. Yes, yes. yes I rewatch those. That's a few. How about you, Lady H? In terms of rewatchables, I already mentioned The Color Purple and Dream Girls and The Wiz. I like musicals like that. I like the interactive point of view. I will watch Coming to America whenever it comes on. I will also <laughs> rewind. I'm thinking about stand-ups. I'm a huge Eddie Murphy in the 80s fan. Also a huge Tom Hanks in the 80s fan. I'm weird like that. The movies that I don't rewatch are movies that trigger me. So I'm not going to rewatch Fruitvale Station. I'm not going to rewatch A Precious or something like that that is very heavy and dark and for me like are hopeless. Um so that's that's kind of me if like rewatchability I think comes into like I was talking about um movies that I have seen in the theater or something where I recognize that I didn't hear everything. So I need to watch it to get what I missed. If things are content heavy or one of those things where like, oh, there's a twist at the end. And then I may want to go back and see where there are clues leading up to that twist that would lead me to understand it better. All of the examples I can think of are not movies, except for like the sixth sense. But um, other than that, um, like that's pretty much my list. And I'm a, I'm a one and done thing about most things though. I'm not a huge rewatcher. I don't uh, comfort in the familiarity. I will reread though, but watching things, I'm mm -mm. like, I've seen it once and I'm good. So you all weren't feeling if Beale Street could talk. And I guess, you know, I got to I got to hit y'all with the opposing views. And what I really liked about this movie was Barry Jenkins filmmaking style, where there's a lot of pauses. There's a lot of camera shots where the actor or the actress is looking right into the camera and in a way looking at you. And the way that I interpreted that is. I need you to see my humanity. I need you to see that I am a person who is worthy of love. And with us getting it through Tish, one of the things that I liked about her is that we saw love and the ways of Black women and girls are loved and not loved through her eyes. So like with her parents, we saw her mother, when she had to tell her that she was pregnant, and that whole Regina King, yes, baby. And then everything else, and including the sacrament and saying, this is a good news. And her going to Puerto Rico, like you two were saying, um, you know, was one of the better scenes. It was because we saw 
through Tisha's eyes, a mother's love. And then we could see through a Regina King's face, what that love looked like reflected back. And then with her father, the way that her father was like, we're going to take care of this baby and his family every which way we can, even if that includes stealing garments from the district. And the way when the, when the mom was in Puerto Rico, how he stayed up with Tish while she was uncomfortable and pregnant and offered her care. We don't see that very often to see a father and a daughter love like that, especially a black family. So I, that resonated. Her sister, whose name is Ernestine, my mama's name is Ernestine. And <laughs> how, and how um, fierce she was when she came and told her family she was pregnant, her sister said, unbow your head sister. At no point in time are you to be down. And she was the one who got the lawyer and was on his ass for her. And that's so seeing that sisterly love and then contrasting it with Anjanu Ellis coming in with her sadiddy daughters and her holy roller ass. You shaking your head. And the husband of Michael Beach. This is where typecasting goes right. Because... Uh, you know, Michael Beach is shorthand for a shit husband. You know, you see him, he, he ain't been shit for a long time, but especially since Wade and Exhale. So you see him, you know shit's going to go down and shit ain't right. You just know it. And then you have Longinue Ellis. Longinue Ellis is such an actress that she can wring so much out of so little. Like the establishment of a character was established when she came in her Sunday best and was like, mm, look at you. I mean, just just everything about it where you understood where she was coming because even Ernestine was like, ooh, let me tell those sisters because other words, let them pop off at their mouth and see if I don't got something for them because they already knew. And asking you both, we understood that Fonny and Tish were best friends growing up. We saw them take baths together. We saw Fani looking at Tish where I think that they even said he loved her before Fani, Fani loved Tish before Tish even knew what love was. So how the hell did we get here? I know that the baby was born out of wedlock, but why did they, did the families react that way or you know because i'm like if y'all are taking baths together like how did how do you think they met it wasn't but it wasn't the families that reacted that way it was just the mothers and the sister because the father was happy he was until that mama tried to curse that baby maybe and then he went and smacked the shit out of her now not that i agree but she needed it <laughs> did you just say it ain't right, but I understand. Yes, I did. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I did. Because I wanted to, that was the one, one of the scenes that did affect me. Because I wanted to punch that. I wanted to punch her for them. The mama? The mama. Not okay. necessarily the sisters. The sisters were just following the lead. But the mama, I wanted to, look. Hmm. I wonder if somewhere along the way, like maybe the mom 
got into church heavier than everybody else. And that kind of made a shift in everybody's friendship and relationship. Cause it doesn't make sense that she would be that heavy and that religious and that uppity, frankly, and be friends with everybody for that long Mm -hmm. without some type of big shift. I think you're right. Because I think that when the fathers were talking, um, Michael Beach, you know, ain't shit daddy. I mean, he, uh, (laughs) he might have alluded to that because his attitude was almost like she's, she trying to be brand new. Like, like, um, like we were almost as if to say, as if one of our babies wasn't almost born out of wedlock or, or whatever, but like all of a sudden you're standing on judgment or you're acting as if you're better than when that wasn't always the case. So I think you're right because that's what I was saying. Something didn't feel right in the timeline where you're so close that y'all are taking baths together and you grew up together with Tish's family. It was almost like, well, this is a natural progression of things. But Fani's family, the sisters, I mean, through their eyes, because again, we don't, we meet Fani really through the eyes of women. You know, like the mother was disappointed. Uh, the sisters were talking about he ain't got no education and he's he's not this and he's not that. We saw that he was an artist and we saw that he he tried other things and was kind of floundering and finding his footing um, in the world. And his sisters and his mother weren't providing a soft place to land um, because they've essentially written him off where uh, Ernestine found that lawyer and um, Tisha's mom said to her, like, hey, you know, did you go and check the lawyer out? And she hadn't bothered. This is your son in jail. And she's like, well, you know what? If the good Lord sent him there, that's where he needs to be. And I wash my hands of it. And it's like the good Lord don't send your child to jail for something he didn't do. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, everybody goes, oh, well, the bad things happen. The good Lord, you know, was all involved in it. I'm like, okay. Did she say something, um, the mother, about that? I kind of get the feeling. I'm trying to remember if she did. Um, I know he said the good Lord sent him there, but did she say why she didn't when um, Tisha's mom or because I think it was like one or two times where they were um, trying to get him clear, but just talking to the lawyer alone. Did she say why she didn't talk to the to the lawyer or was she just involved? Said she hadn't met him yet. Okay, was that one or two times that that had happened though? It was all in the same scene. She said she hadn't met, hadn't had a chance to get there yet, but the t- oh. she had met him. See, I thought it was a little bit later because um, when the witness and the victim, uh, when she wasn't in New York and like there were several times where Ernestine scenes really were about the lawyer. And it was like, of course we need more money. And I thought that, and I know that the fathers were like, no, we're going to get the money through, you know, their hustling and whatnot. But I wasn't sure if during one of those scenes, when they realized that the, road to justice was not going to be straight or clear that 
um, that, that she was involved again? Or did we not see her once she got slapped? I don't think we saw her again after she got slapped. No, or, after she acted yeah. a fool. Or the sisters. Or the sisters. We saw, okay. we saw the dad trying to help, but we didn't see them do anything. We didn't hear about them do anything. Mm-hmm. So it was mainly her family. And mm-hmm. her and his father. And her father. Only people okay. that were helping Fani. I mean, and his, yeah, and his father. Because I don't know what the sister and the mother. Mm. Yeah. Again. They could kick rocks. I was wondering if maybe we didn't see them again because, again, we were seeing things through... Tish's eyes and since Tish didn't see him then she didn't know what they were doing if they were doing anything because they made it clear that the baby needed to be her responsibility and not theirs and her family's I guess um maybe but I would think at some point even though seeing it through her eyes she was with her parents you know um Fon's father I think I would think, you know, they may would have been mentioned at some point. I just don't think they cared. I think they they wrote off that boy and well, man and left it like that. Mm-hmm. I think the mom was more invested in the daughters than the son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanting yeah probably to be at like a certain her. point. <laughs> yeah, probably at a certain point once, you know, she's very girly, so she clung to the girls a lot more and at a certain point probably once he wasn't like a little cute little boy that you could dress up she just became very uninterested as the years went on and if he wasn't gonna be very uh preppy a preppy boy she wasn't going to um really engage much with him Mm. Well, yeah, I think that what was clear is that he wasn't malleable where the, the daughters were and clearly they witnessed. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the word between their parents, like how would you describe their relationship? Because clearly that wasn't the first time that that um, he had gotten physical with her. Because the way that the daughters had acted and they were talking about like that, that uh, weak heart and all this and that. And, you know, I think that if nothing else, they were embarrassed that he uh, showed a glimpse into their home life where they clearly seemed to be the type of people that put on a front. And now you can't. You can't act like you're holier than now. And, you know, when you know that my father will, you know, like, slap my mother in the mouth you know like you real you know you can you talk a real big game and like that's a wild thing to do to to curse your grandchild or to curse anybody like that and for you know for them to say like what's your husband say and understand that that's a real threat that husband will approach you in a way with consequences you can't front like that. Like, yeah, you can you can act like everything's so good and you're so much better, but at the end of the day, are you? I don't know. I mean, the difference in the families where what is love and how was love shown? And under <laughs> living in America, being Black in New York, all of those things, what it takes to survive. She clung to religion, clearly. 
and appearances. Tish's family clung to each other. Yeah. I I would definitely say Fani's parents were at the least you could call it toxic. It's definitely toxic, their relationship. You could probably call it abusive. I don't know that I would say that he probably hits her every day or something, but you shouldn't be hitting anybody at all. So that in itself is abusive. True. And, you know, her wanting to curse a baby, I'm sure she says nasty things to him and in the house it's not very, it's a toxic environment. It's not very loving. It's not very peaceful. You know, probably a lot of walking on eggshells. Do you all have any other thoughts about if Beale Street could talk? I don't. Well, I have a question for the two of you. I said that this was one of the five films that I could find about American Black romance and period pieces. The other four being Southside With You, The Photograph, Sylvie's Love. Oh my God, I can't believe I can't. Well, I had two gummies. <laughs> so I can't believe that. I don't remember. But, um, hmm. The fact that there's only five is sad. Well, that's exactly what where I was going like so there we have five well four that I can remember the fifth one and if there is a fifth will be in the show notes and since we we have just a handful literally of these movies how do you think or what do you think this movie says about black love in America throughout history I would say I haven't seen Southside with you I haven't seen Sylvie's Love but compared to the photograph, I I still think like even though I wouldn't rewatch if Bill Street could talk, it's definitely a movie you should probably watch. Like it's a good movie, so it serves a purpose. And talking about well, those other movies don't. What is this? The sixties? Oh wait, Sylvie's 70s. Love is probably this. Okay, this is the seventies. Sylvie's Love is probably like the fifties or sixties. So of the five, this is probably the only one really in that period. So it's going to show a depiction of life in that period, which I would say is necessary to watch. Um, it's very true to life then and now. So it's not that it's bad. It's just, I don't know if it, I don't want to say it's the acting. I just wish it had more feeling to it. Like it made you feel a little more like we saw the love, but I don't know that it made me like it didn't jump off the screen and have me feel it. The love between uh, Fani and, and Tish? Or or any love. It, you know how you can watch something and you can feel it or versus just see it. So I saw it, but I didn't like feel it in like watching it where oh. I don't know when you watch something where you get that nuance, if it's through the acting or the script or or what, that just didn't jump out of the screen to me. I felt it. I didn't feel the romantic love of it. I felt the familial love of it, though. Like when yeah. I was talking about those gazes where the families, were, the cameras in their face and they're looking at each other. I felt it there. I felt it, like I said, with the father sitting up with her and was like, lean against my chest. Like I felt it then. Um, even some of the community where we talked about the Jewish 
a grocer who, when um, that white cop who had it out for them wanted to get rid of Fani and the grocer vouched for him and was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. I felt it then. I also felt it when the when they were looking for apartments and it was difficult for them to um, find an apartment because of racism and a lot of people didn't want to rent to a married couple or a black man. Like they were interested in renting to Tish alone because they wanted to be disgusting to her. Darn near criminal. But when we had um, the one Jewish person who rented and he's like, I just like to see people in love. And then he, you remember they did a make believe, oh, I'm moving this couch or I'm moving this stove around. And he was willing to engage in, in, their, in their silliness. I felt it then. I felt it in Brian Tyree Henry's short scene. I just like Brian Tyree Henry, period. But in his um, looking for home after he was in jail and how Fani and Tish welcomed him and gave it to him, I felt it then. But I didn't necessarily, I, I don't know if I didn't feel it as much or as you didn't feel it as much. Because even though we saw scenes with Vani and Tish together, we also saw them with a glass in between them. So maybe that was like a barrier. Maybe. Um and I and all of I would say all of that love that the community and the family showed does differ from let's say a Fruitville station or a precious although I haven't watched those movies because I, I avoid watching movies with trauma. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have this isn't going to trigger trauma in you. So they didn't mm-hmm approach for police brutality or or the wrongful conviction in a way that's going to trigger anything which i appreciate same yeah we don't have to have that trauma porn i i mm-hmm. appreciate that so mm-hmm. this touches on that subject without having you feel that deeply mm. and i saw a movie recently where you feel it deeply it's about a man but <laughs> uh yeah that it's 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 worth watching but it is it is trauma porn central. Which movie uh, let me is look this? At it. Okay. Ah, it's on HBO Max. It's the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. Now, again, good movie, but probably very precious, very fruitful station. So you're going to feel and see the police brutality, and it could be very triggering. Mm-hmm. So basically, the police in where was I think this was, was this New York or something, somewhere northeast. Um, uh, elderly man basically triggered his his life alert, and he didn't answer it. So they sent the police instead of the police doing like a welfare check or whatever. Um, he didn't want to open the door. They could have just talked to him and left. They basically in an hour he was dead. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that that. story. You don't want to watch it. I do remember that news story. Yeah, I'm not watching that either because I don't know what it can give me other than Uh, sadness. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I I watched it because I like um, Frankie Faison. He's from Newport News, Virginia, where I'm from. So Mm -hmm. that's why I watched it mostly because of him. 
But yes, as I'm watching it, I'm very much like, I, I really don't need to finish this because I know what is happening. Um, but I finished it. But but yeah, so this this differs from that in that we don't get that trauma porn, which I, I greatly appreciate. So I would say even in the the story, which I didn't read the actual book. So I don't know if we don't know if it goes further into the arrest or, you know, abuse from the police or something. But if it does or if it doesn't, I'm I'm glad it's not in this story or in mm-hmm. this movie. So did you would you consider it a love story? It's called I mean, a lady D read it and the synopsis that this is considered a romantic drama. Do you do either of you consider this a romantic drama? I, I do. I mean, I felt the love. I don't necessarily felt the sex scenes, but I felt the love. And it is a drama because, you know, she is trying to get her boyfriend fiance out of jail whatever you want to call it for something that he didn't do so that's the dramatic part and all that you know leads up to trying to get him out that doesn't happen I I still think it falls under that it's definitely romantic I guess I just didn't I didn't know that we had this second side story going in I was thinking very just romantic drama and it's just about romance and the relationship drama not this hurdle in their relationship which is is other people's hurdles in their romantic relationship so it's it's true to life what i was thinking we were going to get was more time with them where i thought that they were going to end with him being in jail and then later what um what Tish said was when we saw him, uh, when we saw the family and ha- and them trying to parent and love their son while visiting him in jail, Fani in jail, was that uh, he decided to plea out so that he could get, because, you know, so that he could actually have an end date in sight, which is not something that was happening before. It kept on getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So if he pleaded, if he took the plea deal and pled out, then he could say, okay, well, we can just enter this guilty and you serve this time. They they may even count um, some time served already toward your sentence and then you can be out and live your life or paroled, which is still incarcerated you're just not in jail but you are still uh, restricted in a lot of ways so it's just um but I didn't really I mean the romance was there but it was so tender and so fleeting that it's hard for me to identify it as romance and now um I'm wondering if maybe it's because those scenes were cut for me and you said, Lady D, that there were sex scenes, and the uh, we saw one in the um, edited viewing that I saw, and that was the first time that they had sex, and it was more or less, um, you know, showing the um, naivety. Uh, Lord, I can't say that word. Gummy is not letting me say that word. Um, the newness of this experience and the trust that Tish had 
with Vani and the and the affection that Vani had with Tish and checking in with her. And actually, when I think about it, he may have even asked, a, you know, some consent there, which may have been a vehicle for them saying, this is a man who's asking for consent. Is this the same man that would commit an act where consent is not given? But I don't know if anything else was cut. Um, so it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a, you know, I think that the photograph was the only ro Black American romance, period, piece or not, where the drama wasn't just in Jim Crow. The drama, the drama wasn't just in misogynoir or being a Black man in America or any of the other heavy things that and we carry with us. It was literally, I want to do something with career. You're settled here. We're incompatible yet, you know, and I move on with our life. Everything else, it seems like, um, so it was like romance for romance sake with romance tropes where everything else, it was like, how do you Negroes find love in America being black in America? Like how? And it's always so heavy. It's never light. Even Sylvie's love. It wasn't as heavy as this. But um, it was still heavy and, and, and so it, you know, it was a melodrama. So I don't know. I think that those, you know, actually Sylvie's love, like this was the heaviest of them. The lightest, I think, was Southside with you because that was only one afternoon uh, for Barack and Michelle Obama. And then we have um, equally the photograph in Sylvie's love. And then there's this and this is the heaviest of them all and I feel the least romantic. This probably was the least romantic out of them, but it's it's still good. I mean it's still good enough to watch, not a rewatch. Okay. Does anybody have any final thoughts about if Beale Street could talk? Parsimonic clear? Yes, I am. Yes. Well, then I say thank you all for joining us. Let us know what you feel about Bill Street, if Bill Street could talk. Have you read the book? Have you watched the movie? Is there a comparison of the two? I will have some interesting articles that I found uh, listed in the show notes. And um, But yeah, please let us know what you think. And um, this is Lady H. You can find me at Foodies Meow on Twitter. And how can people reach you, Queen Mel Mindy? At Queen Mel Mindy on Twitter, Twitter. And Lady D, what's the best way they can reach you if they want to come talk to you about if Bill Street could talk? At Asia Dar on Twitter. All right. Till next time. See you on the flip side. Bye. bye. No bye from you, Queen Mel Mindy. <laughs> Oh, I thought I didn't say it in time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, she made me snort. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We invite you to send us your feedback, musings, puns, and comments at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com. On Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, watchwithyoupod. Like I said, 
it is still, unfortunately, uh, Mercury retrograde. So everything is going to go wrong. No, I mean, I, well, no, I don't want it to continue me. to go wrong. <laughs> I have no idea what happened, y'all. I, You know what? It's you the were gremlins. Gone. It's the gremlins. Yeah. That's what she said. Because I when I evicted myself, all I did was just move the thing to the side. So I don't know. 